Thank you, Anne. How many of you here have seen the movie Up? It's an animated film. You don't need to know the plot to understand what I'm about to say. And if you have seen it, you'll probably remember Doug the Dog. Doug the Dog was a golden retriever who could, of course, speak as most animals in most animated films can, except he kept continually being drawn off by other things. So he would be in the middle, squirrel! And then as he, squirrel! And the whole movie was punctuated by Doug seeing squirrels all over the place and then running off because it was a squirrel. I would like to put forward this morning that we live in an up society. No matter where we are or what we're doing or what we're thinking, we tend to, it seems almost every few moments, to go off and want to be somewhere else. A, a job is calling for us that needs to be done. A thought is approaching us in our minds that we have to contemplate at this moment. And consequently, we do, like Doug the dog, squirrel off here and there and over there. And we seem to have very little time just to sit and say, this is where I am. This is where I should be. Thanks be to God. And we need that. For example, since the reading of the Bible, which was not that long ago, how many times, and I'm not asking you to put up your hand or shout it out, but how many times have you already squirreled off? Yeah, you know. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live. We're having roast tonight. Did we have baked potatoes last time? Did we have... Did we have Roast potatoes. I, maybe I think I'll make roast potatoes tonight, and then it'll go with the gravy. You know. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, who used to sit over there and wear that funny green sort of sports coat? I, what was? I must ask Fi what his name was after, because I forget completely. And that's it. We're in and out of the present, like Doug, all the time. Now, there's nothing particularly evil or nasty or even unnatural about that, but it does mean that we don't spend much time being where we are right now because we're always off somewhere else. We love, for example, the past, don't we? You're always going back there and thinking. And the odd reality about that reality is that usually when we think of the past, it isn't of good old mom baking pie in the kitchen, the pleasant memories. It's, oh, remember that meeting last week? Why did I say that? Oh, gee. Or we think about some item that we just watched on the news, or we think about, you know, the time when we were 12 and went swimming and almost drowned and everyone laughed at us. That's what we do. And we tend to think about these things again and again and again. I mean, anyone examining our minds who doesn't understand the human condition would probably think, well, these memories must be among the most precious things that you have because, boy, do you think about them. As if It's almost as if we think that if we go over the past often enough, it will change. It doesn't. And let us remember that we are also drawn to the future, which doesn't even exist. It's, it's not real. And again, 
we think of the disquieting things that we're worried about. You know, the meeting next Thursday. You know, I know that's going to come up and it's going to cause controversy and I don't know what to do about it. Or the doctor's appointment next Tuesday. You know, I'm afraid that he's going to say... And again, we, we ruminate about these things, and not even creatively. because We just keep thinking about them over and over again, like a piece of tape that we're running through the video machine one time after another. Eckhart Tolle, the Canadian-born philosopher, spiritualist, suggests that the ego could be defined as a dysfunctional relationship with the present moment. I really like that. The ego, the, the, the center of our thinking mind, could be described or could be defined as a dysfunctional relationship with the present moment. We're constantly trying to escape the present moment. We don't like the present moment. Uh, I'm going to go somewhere else, even if it isn't, as I've said, any better than now. Now, some people say that's because our attention spans are shrinking. Well, actually, most current research in several areas is saying, actually, our attention spans aren't shrinking. Something else is happening. Uh, one study was from the presentation software company Prezi, which teamed up with the strategic consulting firm Kelton Research. And in their findings, what they found was that actually our attention spans are getting longer. For example... How many friends do you have who had to binge watch Game of Thrones because they didn't start at the beginning? And they sat there and watched all the episodes. My wife used to do this with 24. Remember, you 24 hour long episodes, and I'd leave her at 8 in the morning if I was going to work and she was home, and I'd come back at 4 in the afternoon, and yep, she was about six hours ahead. You know, she just did watch them. Oh, just one more, just one more. We, so our attention spans are there, but, and this is what they discovered that I think is very interesting. What is happening is we are becoming far more selective with what we are willing to listen to or to watch. And we are becoming far faster to drop things that we don't want to listen to or watch. And that's what's happening in our lives. Now put simply, that means we're getting bored sooner and reacting faster than we used to. So if we're listening to a speaker and the speaker seems to be saying something that we already know or we've already said, off we go to think about Hawaii. You know, if we're watching a television show, what do we have in our hands? Yep, nope, don't like that one. I'll watch three minutes of this other one. No, I'm not interested in that. And we just keep going through. I have a grandson in London, as you know, and he walks around with what he calls in Polish the pilot, the pilot, and he actually does this to people as well. You know, I think he thinks, I can shut you up. Yeah, I can. And he's constantly, their TV, it's a big 70-inch LED, and he's constantly turning it off and on, but that's the way we are. You know, I've seen enough of this. I don't need to, I don't need to hear anymore. I don't want to know anymore. If there's a conversation going on out here in, after church, and the person is telling you about their orchid collection, you're thinking about oh, kitchen renovations. Should we have this backsplash, or should we have that backsplash? We have that dysfunctional relationship with the present moment. We do not feel comfortable in the present. We, we don't feel that we belong here or that this is really very important to us. We'd rather be thinking about imagining something else. And this is unfortunate because it is in the present moment that our salvation lies. 
It is in the present that we discover God. It is in the present and only in the present. And only in the present that we may experience revelation and transformation. You know, you may say, well, God will speak to me next Thursday. Maybe, probably, yes, I'll affirm that. Or God spoke to me when I was 14 years old at a church. Yes, absolutely. But if we want to change now, if we want to feel we're prepared for now in the immediate future, this is it, folks. This is what you've got. This moment right now. The past, it's fixed. It's history. We can't do anything about it. It's gone. So every time you go back there, it may be pleasant or even interesting, but it's not in any way going to change you right now. Nor is the future. It's a dream. It's a fantasy. We can imagine it, but we can't jump to the future and erase something that hasn't happened yet because it hasn't happened yet. We can only hear the good news. We can only meet Christ and prepare to walk with Christ in this moment that we are experiencing now. And with that in mind, what we're going to pack this week for our journey to meet Christ and to follow Christ is something that we're going to need on that journey to make us comfortable wherever we are. A pair of comfortable shoes. Yeah. You ever been uncomfortable in shoes? Is anybody here uncomfortable in shoes? I won't, yeah. I, my wife, I remember a few years ago, she bought a new pair of shoes to go to Europe. Not a good idea. They, they were new and they looked fine, but they weren't comfortable. They weren't broken in. So what we're going to put in here along with our rope for our journey is a pair of lovely, comfortable shoes. So no matter where we are, no matter where the moment is, we'll be comfortable. Now, having said that, I'm going to give you a definition of the word comfortable in its original form. And this is what it meant throughout most of our history. So the Latin cum, which shows an intensive force about something, and fortis, which means strength. So to be comfortable meant to be made strong. It's not the way we usually use it. But that's what it originally meant. If you're comfortable in the present moment, it means that you can face it. I'm okay. I can handle this. And that's what we need in every present moment. And by the way, for any of your uh, you logophiles out there, the idea that comfort means to be cuddly and cozy and happy just appeared in about the 17th century. It's, it's a new meaning for the word as they twisted it around. But I'd like the original. No matter where we are in life, we will be made strong. We're not aliens. We're not in the wrong place. We're not out of our depth. God is with us. See, again, this idea of faith. We're where we should be and we can handle it. And that's especially true, my friends, when something goes wrong. When something goes wrong, we can certainly go, I'm here and I'm stressed and it's a mess around me. Those things are true. I, I didn't expect this to happen. I, but then we can say, all right, now what do I do to move beyond the mess or to help clear up the mess or to feel less stressed or to find help so I can deal with the mess? 
That's what life is about. It's not just flooding emotionally and going, I don't know, what should I be doing right now? I'll, I'll, I'll do something. No. And, and, of course, the sad thing is that's the way we usually react. When something goes wrong in life, our first reaction, the, the reaction that we grab to immediately is to be upset and probably to dream about what maybe will happen or could happen. or should. No, let's just deal with where we are right now. So the secret of life and the discipline of the Christian life, and it's a discipline we can practice in Lent, is not to squirrel off. See, that's, we don't need that. The discipline of the Christian life is to center on where we are and say somewhere here God is with us. It may be a moment of God's sunlight and we can say, yeah, God is with us. This is wonderful. I have a new grandson or I've had a book published or I've been honored by an association. You know, these are great moments and God is there. And usually you can recognize that. We've got to do is move beyond it to seeing those times when we don't really understand what's happening and we are confused, but God is still there. I'm still comfortable. I'm still made strong. I'm still able to do things. So next time you come to one of the, in the modern sense of the word, uncomfortable moments, what you do is you simply say, wonderful words, plot twist. This isn't where I thought the plot was going. I didn't see this coming. Plot twist. Why did that stupid car turn there? All right. And take a deep breath because that brings you back into where you are because you, you know you're breathing and that makes you recognize you. Plot twist. I'm still breathing. I'm going to put on my comfortable shoes and stand firm right where I am and say, God, what do I do now? And there is a way. You'll get through because God is with us. And the whole people of God say, Amen. Let us build a house.